I am immortal, born 400 years ago in the highlands of Scotland. I'm not alone. There are others like me, some good, some evil. For centuries I have battled the forces of darkness, with holy ground my only refuge. I cannot die, unless you take my head, and with it, my power. I am Duncan MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod, the Highlander. In the end, there can be only one. We'll do it quietly and alone like lovers. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. And we're really going off the regular facets? What yeah, kind this of is facet a, is this? This is a nook. A, a deep yeah. nook of mm-hmm. the Highlander universe. A dark forgotten corner from which no light escapes. It's the black hole of the Highlander universe. <laughs> Not a cranny? No. It makes the source look like the... Eiffel Tower. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're starting early. This is going to be the first of four episodes covering the Big Finish audio series. Or I should say, first of four of season one of Big Finish. And then there's going to be another set of four for season two. So these are Scandinavian audio productions? Yes, it's a Finnish (laughs) production. (laughs) It's a big Finnish. They only hire large, large Finns. (laughs) Large Finns, yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Good that you brought up Big Finish. What's your name, Keith? (laughs) Oh, that's right. Introductions. A well, a? I'm one of your rewatchers. I don't think Finns are known for saying A. <laughs> I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. All right. Probably All right. Uh, but who yes. are these guys talking? <laughs> okay. I just tuned into this thing and I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? If this is the first episode <laughs> That's of the podcast you listen to, please jump to another one. Yeah. Just any other one. And, and if you don't know anything about Highlander too, steer clear, find another one, then maybe revisit this, this because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this you, will make no sense. Well, this you. is big finish. You're supposed to be at the end. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. No. Why didn't we put this all the way at the end? It's a good question. Yeah, that was a tactical error on our part that we will revisit soon. Right <laughs> we, now. We got some bad, in, got some bad <laughs> intel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Big Finish is an audio uh, story. It's They're not audio books. Like, no. They are just audio stories, uh, hmm. which is interesting. Um, and it's a company. Right, so you can't, like, get the, you can't get these in print. Right. No. There was never a print counterpart to these stories right uh these are I wonder why. Okay. good question <laughs> they produce a lot of audio series usually around like established properties you doctor got, who lots of doctor who stories lots of stargate stories uh obviously highlander stories there's some other ones on their catalog uh doctor whom sherlock holmes who? Ooh, is it uh, the, the omega Benedict factor cumberbatch one? Oh no that's yeah, sherlock Oh, yeah, That's you're right. That's not Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Guy Ritchie Sherlock. Yeah, yeah that one. Ugh. Guy yeah, Ritchie. That was all right. Really? The first one's okay. I don't know. Game They've of Shadows? Got... I've been told Game of Shadows is worth watching. Shadows. I haven't it's seen it. It's got panache. That's got, what's his name from Mad Men in it? It's yeah. Moriarty. Uh, uh, John Hamm. Yeah, John yeah, John, Hamm. John Hamm is Moriarty. <laughs> That's right. That would suck. Christina uh, Hendricks. Okay. I, I I've never seen, seen the second one. one. I only saw half of the first one. The, oh, well, there you go. Jude Law, baby. That's right. That was his return to filmmaking. 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 <laughs> he likes <laughs> he likes semi-retired. Do you remember this? Yeah. You remember this? You remember this? He like retired for a bit. 
He like wasn't in a movie for like ten years, and That's then he came break. out of the gates with that movie. Now he's in Harry Potter: The Crimes of Grindelwald. That's right, Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindel- I fucking hated that movie. The Crimes. Yeah, well, I hate the crimes. The crimes are bad. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know me? Not a fan of crimes. Okay. But I detested that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I thought Fantastic Beasts was meh. And where to find them? <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with where we found them. Mm. Like, I was okay with that. What's but his the name? Second Newt one was the most... Grindle Bundle or something? <laughs> Newt Scamander. Ugh, bad. That's the appropriate <laughs> response. Well, we've put off talking about the Big Finish Audio <laughs> Can we put off talking about enough? it longer? All Can right. we put off talking about it for another six months? <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk briefly about what this is. So, well, we kind of mentioned that's a series of audio stories. Sadly, this is not available for purchase on their website anymore. Right. Uh, because the, the licensing has, like, lapsed on it. Uh, so you can find info about it. It's um, Big Finished. It's, yeah, it's, it's big, big finish, finish for sure. I don't know if this is true. There may be links on YouTube that you can find portions of these stories if you'd like to look at them. I don't know how I kosher tried, it is. I tried to find I know, these. I know how not kosher it is. It's mm. probably not kosher. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to find these online. I couldn't find them. Mm. Like a streaming way to listen to it because I was having some technical issues that oh, I figured out. Some issues? Some issues. I couldn't find these. So we might be the only way some of these listeners can, can wow. hear, hear stuff about these. How about that? I would say also I'd recommend if you're in any sort of Highlander groups, you got some friends that are into Highlander, maybe ask around if somebody would like to lend you their copy so you can hear it. Uh, we're going to try to play some clips on this and talk about it as much as possible so you can get a taste of what these kind of sound like. Yeah. We'll say don't take Herculean efforts to listen to this thing. Don't go out of your way. Does anyone want to venture a guess how much this might cost online today if you were to go on, like, eBay or Amazon? Oh, oh interesting. Snap. To, like, buy an old copy? Do, yeah. do you have the number? I don't have the exact number. Uh, I have is an estimate. over $20? Yes. Ooh. Is it $100? It is more than that. Okay. Nobody pay that amount. <laughs> no. Somebody should... If you, I feel like if somebody you go owes online, me $200 for listening to this. If you go online and buy these... For that amount of money, you're banned from listening to the podcast. <laughs> if you're inclined to do that, don't. Give us the money, right. and you will have more fun listening to this. Right. I promise you. My solemn vow. That's In short, insane. We listen to this, so you really don't have to. We're going to try to give you a pretty honest blow-by-blow of what happens, play some clips, give you the real taste right. of the big Finnish audio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we jump into this episode, how about we revisit the Highlander catalog, as is customary on our dear show. This is tradition. <laughs> tradition. On our dear our show. dear show. All right, we got a long one today. So I thought I would, uh, I tried to theme these as like, you know, your extraneous Highlander items, stories, right? Aren't they all extraneous I mean, Highlander I, I items? Guess so. I guess so. Uh, sure, I'm sure the Richie Road Journal is a core <laughs> Highlander item. But. Your Highlander text filing forms. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to be talking about classics from the Highlander bookshelves today. These are the, uh, like the novels that came out oh. for the series. So, uh, I'll read the descriptions of all six of these. Holy smokes. I know. They're short because, uh, well, they all cost the same amount, right? All the books are the same. So, that's why we're doing it this way. So, the headline is, from its inception, the Highlander legend has been a feast for the imagination. Wow. The Highlander paperback book collection features nine gripping tales to help you discover and further explore the twisting, infinite journey of the Clan McLeod. There are nine? There are nine. I guess I could read all nine. I guess I'm going to read all nine. Nine! <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ooh, I'm stealing myself for these. All right. Get ready. 
turkeys. The Element of Fire by Jason Henderson. Centuries ago, the immortal pirate Cordus vowed to destroy both Duncan and Connor McLeod by burning them in a spectacular blaze. Why? Now he springs an infernal trap around the two Highlanders. An infernal trap, trap or an inferno trap? Infernal. Because it's, it's fire. Because it's fire, right. Yeah. Mm. It's so invo- it's invoking. This immortal wants to burn them alive. Which won't kill them, but I guess he'll kill them right. later. Uh, maybe. Cool What's plan. Called? Did he the like... element of fire. Ooh. Right? That's right on very the nose. to the point. Yeah, it is. The it's... fifth element. <laughs> uh, the next is that novel. A good movie or a bad movie? That's good. I, I think it's it. a good movie. I like yeah. that movie. It's Directed fun. by an just... accused rapist. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, I Ooh. don't know that. Alleged Luc Besson. Uh, Luc Besson. Lucy. That's right. Lucy Besson. Lucy. No, he did that movie, Lucy, right? Right. Scarjo. Scarjo. Mm-hmm. Oh. She has superpowers with her brain, right? Oh, that yep. one. Ugh. That looked dumb. Even shrug. No, I didn't see it. All right. But neither did I. Luc Besson. The next novel, Scotland the Brave by Jennifer Roberson. Roberson? McLeod is drawn into a conspiracy of immortals on a militant quest to win back the independence that Scotland lost centuries ago at Culloden. Oh, going back to that old chestnut. Yep. Skimitar. Ooh, I own this one. (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. I think it had a sex scene in it. I think we talked about that. It was that or maybe one of the other ones that we'll get to. Ooh, baby. By Ashley McConnell. A sword forged to steal the blood of princes and immortals. Sword forged. A legendary skimitar has haunted Duncan McLeod as it has haunted history. Now the sword has mysteriously been sent to Joe Dawson to be delivered to Duncan. Wow. So just a little freight forwarding on there, (laughs) in the story there. That doesn't sound like enough for a book. Right. The sword was (laughs) delivered to Joe, who will then deliver it to Mac. (laughs) They just didn't have Mac's address? I guess not. They didn't know the dojo. Here, Mac, I got this package for you. Oh, thanks, Joe. (laughs) The rest of the book is blank pages. (laughs) (laughs) Next is Zealot by Donaletto. Hello. A Hebrew warrior, Avram uh, Mordecai, was once a comrade of McLeod's, but now the Highlander is sworn to protect a beautiful Palestinian diplomat at peace talks that the zealot has vowed to disrupt by any means why is anyone hiring duncan mcleod to protect them being around <laughs> duncan mcleod is a goddamn death sentence it sure is it's like oh okay i could go to a security firm but let me get <laughs> this random antiques dealer to watch my back <laughs> who's like accused in numerous crimes right. yeah all right next up is the path by rebecca neeson in 1781 a war-weary duncan mcleod travels to tibet's holy city there he finds finds peace in a woman's love oh an ancient land's wisdom and the friendship of the dalai lama the friendship of, of the, the dalai, dalai lama. lama until a bloodthirsty mortal sets his sights on mcleod's head as a prize is that dalai lama next up measure of a man this is the other one i think i might have had this might have had the real steamy sexy because of how much you enjoy measuring men <laughs> yes that's right the measure of a man it was nine inches <laughs> cool, that's how tall the book is yep by nancy holder in 1655 venice mcleod pits his wit and his honor in a desperate attempt to thwart a mortal niccolo machiavelli's plan to dominate what? the entire mortal world niccolo oh, machiavelli nickelodeon machiavelli yeah, nickelodeon machiavelli <laughs> slimed yeah he has to win nick arcade in order to rule the world wow. yeah and there's still three more of these so i might as well read them because these are the I new guess. ones the uh, new. oh by the way we're reading out of the 1999 catalog so wait new in 1999 well yeah new. obviously not new <laughs> now. But there are new ones. Oh, let's not talk about those. Uh, so, God. new. The Captive Soul by Joseph Sherman. Nearly 3,000 years ago, Mythos defeated but did not behead the sadistic overlord Kion. 
Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, actually the cat. Now, the yeah. evil immortal prince has come to the dark streets of New York, seeking, seeking an ancient sword and deadly revenge on Mythos and all immortals. Why are there oh, all cool. these ancient swords in this shit? It's yeah, like right. everywhere. It's Every- a recurring theme. Guess what? It's going to be in these big Finnish audio series, too, for reasons. Ooh, yeah. Mm. This one's called White Silence. Anyone want to guess what that might be about? White supremacy? Yeah, right. Yeah. Ugh. By Ginger, spelled with a J. Ooh. J- G-I-N-J-E-R. What do you think of that? I, I love it. You I love can't it? get my head around it. I'm st- I'm st- I might be done for the day. Ginger Buchanan in 1889, immortal gold seekers, McLeod, Fitzcairn, and a young Danny O'Rourke trekked to Alaska in search of fortune. Instead, they found a frozen hell. <laughs> 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 Where starvation... We had a, an inferno before. Now we got a frozen hell. Where starvation, madness, and even death visit upon them again and again in an internal, eternal nightmare. Whoa! I love this one. This one sounds great. Sounds what is intense. the plot? Just that Alaska they just sucks. Like, yeah, right. That's yeah. <laughs> like the barren hellscape of Alaska. <laughs> I didn't know it would be so cold here. <laughs> and finally, oh thank God, Shadow of Obsession. Shadow That's two of two Highlander episodes mixed into one <laughs> yep. by Rebecca Neeson as well. McLeod must protect himself and his friend Victor Paulus. Oh, Paulus! <laughs> <Victor Paulus. laughs> are they friends? Oh, the guy who gives all the speeches. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're friends now. Cool. Cool. No, I fought with the police. I killed Richie. Do you remember that young boy that was with me? <laughs> <Yeah>. I killed him. <laughs> He's dead now. <laughs> McLeod must protect himself and his friend Victor Paulus from a bloodthirsty and revenge-seeking thwarted lover of Darius. What? What? <laughs> yes, what? What? <laughs> what? All right, guys. So these weren't the most exciting descriptions, but, you know, all this ephemera. For Highlander, all these nine were really, good use of ephemera. There we go. Yeah, I like it. So, what do the you vis- think? Vicissitudes. <laughs> vicissitudes. I I heard somebody use the vicissitudes in a conversation just last week, and I was like, well, really? Like it was strange. Least practical word I've ever. Did heard. you smack them? Yeah, in the face? I hit them. I hit them. <laughs> good. Yeah. All right, Eamon, you're guessing first. How much do you think one of these novels might cost? Six dollars and ninety nine cents. Six dollars and ninety nine cents. Kyle, sixteen dollars. Oh, sixteen dollars. Well, <laughs> I will say, Eamon, you are the winner. Oh. Actual retail price is five ninety five. Wow, no shit, six dollars a book. These are pretty affordable. Like, These I'm, are I'm really impressed. Ass books. Yeah, yeah. you I mean, can get they're a book for six bucks amount today. Yeah. yeah. How much do you think they would cost today based on inflation? Kyle, nine, go first. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say ten bucks. Pretty close. Nine seventeen. Wow. Yeah, yeah was, that's a, 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 an affordable read. Pretty good. Good job. Yeah, at least there's something in this thing that's affordable. <laughs> yeah, usually we're appalled by how expensive. Right. Like forty nine dollars. That garbage is, is. That is priced <laughs> like a book. Yeah. I didn't ask my question. Fuck. Price to own. It is. Uh, it is. It's very much so price to own. God damn it. That's all right. Books. Check them out. Oh, books. God. What is that from? It's the California Raisins rap about libraries and books uh, at your local uh, library. I love those. They're clay, right? Claymation creatures. They're like, yeah, yes. they're like stop motion. Claymation nice. creatures. <laughs> I'm honestly like a little surprised that like with all the resurgence of like 80s, like nostalgia and reboots, like there hasn't been like a California Raisin like reboot. Mm. Yeah, now they'd be the California Craisins though, am I right? Oh. No, that would that's like the the Raisin uh cinematic universe. There's the Craisins, the Raisins, dried apricots, apricots for some reason. <laughs> you say apricots? Yeah. I say apricots. 
What do you I say? Think that, I think that's how pro- do you form that word? Amy? Apricot is definitely more right. For I some think reason I say apricot. I say apricot as well, huh. which makes it just sound like a creature, a apricot. creature fruit hybrid. Apricot. 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 Cool. Fun with words. We're off the rails (laughs) so early. I definitely haven't helped this. Sorry, everyone, in advance. Bad day. We're trying to avoid doing what we came here to do. Right. All right. Ready to talk about it? We're ready to jump in finally. The lesson, baby. Hot for teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 1-1, the Big Finish Audio Series. This was recorded February 1st. 2009. That's wow. nuts. That so this is, is entirely this is, too late. This is the 10th anniversary of these recordings, these stories. Wow. How it's about like that? we planned it that way. It Congratulations. Was, this first one was released. These were released monthly, which to me seems... So like every month? Yeah, every month. That's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, seems insane to me. This was, yeah. was released in April t- 2009. Uh, doesn't seem like he did too many takes. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> accurate. Uh, yeah, these were all recorded in like 20 two, minutes. In two days. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Cut. Cut. Print. Yeah, it sounds like it. Do you want to run that back? What? Are are there mistakes sometimes? What? (laughs) There's not flubbed lines. Mispronunciations (laughs) of basic words everyone knows. (laughs) Inconsistencies in character accents that drift in and out uncontrollably. (laughs) God damn it, guys. So this was directed by Sharon Gosling. Uh, Sharon Gosling began her career in entertainment journalism, writing for magazines in the science fiction and fantasy genre before moving on to write tie-in books for TV shows such as Stargate and the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Sharon Gosling is the award-winning author of middle-grade novels, The Diamond Thief, and The Golden Butterfly. And so this is, again, a UK company, so middle-grade would be like middle school age, young adult novels. She's in Uh, middle school. That's right. Well, this would be impressive if she was in middle school. (laughs) She's she's a fucking adult. Oh, my God. So this was written by Trevor Baxendale. Uh, so Baxendale wrote some short stories about the TV series Doctor Who, which were published at a local fanzine. Uh, when Doctor Who had its 25th anniversary, Baxendale painted the cover of the fanzine frame. He went to an art college, but his attempts to publish any more work were not very successful until he got his first big gig as an author, writing the Doctor Who novel The Janus Connection for BBC Books in 1998. What is this description you're reading from? Uh, that was, I believe, from his website, where oh. he just was like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I am a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be this, like, who, who wrote this description? Me? Yeah. <laughs> this clutch fumbled My disappointed mother wrote my biography. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Trevor Baxendale. That sounds like a Highlander villain. Baxendale. Baxendale. Why did it have to come to this? <laughs> you don't have to do this. <laughs> you shame me. <laughs> Which he did. He did shame him. He did. He did. He did. Uh, so we got guest stars. This, epi- this episode, there's voice actors. Adrian Paul does most of the voices, we should say, but not all <laughs> for, of the voices. For reasons as yet unknown to me, there are occasional voice actors, which makes it confusing. A little bit. Uh, so this episode also stars Trevor Cooper as Peter Gatlin. Invasion uh, of the Trevors. Yeah. Uh, he's done lots of British TV and a number of things for Big Finish Audio, so... It's kind of his deal. He's fine. I, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, it's fine. Right yeah. Job. Yeah. yeah. And all those TV shows, I mean, uh, I'm not familiar with. He has like a, 
a pretty good IMDb list. Mm. Uh, but it's all BBC shows that honestly I'm not familiar with. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's got a career. Check him out. If like Polkin Dyer. <laughs> right. I don't Polk know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. Is that like a spinoff of Poldark? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Polkin Dyer. Well, are you guys ready for the episode description? Yeah. So this yeah. is the big it. finish episode description on their website. This is how they the information the only episode, episode description. description. Yeah. Of all the sword fights, Sonny McLeod has fought over the centuries. The toughest have been against an immortal named Peter Gatlin. Every ten years, Gatlin searches Duncan out, and every ten years, Duncan is defeated, but not beheaded. What is Gatlin's grand plan? And this time, will the Highlander triumph? What is his plan? It's terrible. And we'll tell, <laughs> tell you about it. But before we do that, we should hang a lantern on why we yes. chose to do these now. And why that may have been strategically unsound. Strategery. Tell us, Kyle. Sure. What did we do? What have we done? What have we done? What have you done? As you know, we just finished our coverage of season five. Season six is next, obviously. But normally we do a movie here. Endgame is the next movie in line, and it would take place after season six. So we decided, in our very finite wisdom, (laughs) that... Uh, we should do a property that stays within the continuity of where we are in the series. And we erroneously believe that these big Finnish audio books took place before the source. And you didn't need to know anything about the source to appreciate them. While or that end, is end true, game. or excuse me, Endgame. While that is true for some of the stories, unfortunately some of them, including this one, do indeed yes. reference Endgame. Endgame. So we goofed. We will hang a lantern on it that there's references to it in this. I can't imagine people listening to this are sensitive to spoilers, but if you are, there are a couple of spoilies in here. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No, it's know. it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> the Rock. Remember The Rock? Dwayne? The Rock Johnson. What is this What is this from? Your I assumed you meant the... Uh, he says it doesn't matter what your name is. Is that a thing he would say? Yeah. That is a I thing didn't, I didn't know that. And, can you smell? Blah, blah, blah. I remember that one. Everyone remembers that one. Yeah. Sure. Huh. Know your role. Here we are not talking about <laughs> this story again. We can't get into it because it's going to be hard. All right. Track one. I've divided my notes into tracks. So we're going to go track by track, motherfuckers. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Well, the tracks, spoiler, are incomprehensibly divided. There I can't track, figure it out. There are track breaks in the middle of conversations. <laughs> there are track breaks between scenes. Sometimes the track will be like 20 seconds, and then I'll be like, oh, but the next track will be like a normal length, and it'll be like nine, nine minutes, minutes long. I'm yeah, like, why is this no, one so long? <laughs> there is no coherence to how the tracks are set up. Yeah. I don't get it. In the fir- Is it the first story that has like 30 tracks? Yeah. And then all the rest have like 17. 17. I cannot figure out how this all worked. Whatever. Bat doesn't one. matter. But we'll kind of go track by track, uh, and we'll play some stuff and blah, blah, blah. So track one on all these is like the introductory thing, which is the clip at the top of the show. It's kind of like the opening credits to the series. Uh, Only like 40% worse. <laughs> oh. Mac basically reads the lines that Joe reads. Right. And there's like some weird bagpipe guitar music instead of Queen. Yeah. It's really good. It's really it's good. very jarring. And there's lots of like weird like drum machine sounds. Like drum machines and a lot of French horn. It's like whale song. Only human arrogance would assume that song is meant for humans. So after all that, we dive in. We dive in. And so Mac is talking about meeting Peter Gatlin in 1868. Peter Gatlin... From the show, I was like, oh, no, it's Maitland. Is it Peter Maitland? There is a Maitland. So I think I was getting confused at first. I was like, Peter Gatlin, Maitland? Maitland Gatlin. That's right. Gatlin Gun. 
Yeah, it's the Gatlin gun. Mm-hmm. And he tried to come back with Toledo Steel. That's right, Toledo Steel, which is a reference to like the first movie and the company that made their sword. Salamanca. Toledo Salamanca. So anyway, he talks about how he like Peter tried to kill Mac. He got his his throat was like missed by an inch or whatever. This is our first treatment to the the quality of writing in this where my, Duncan delivers the line it's hard to be cool when you're about to be decapitated <laughs> oh it's hard to be decapitated I'm like oh, oh I have a question here so <laughs> in this section he also says like oh well like you know I'm immortal not unless you lose your head or whatever and like he explains like there's, there's like some in exposition. a lot of these stories there's a lot of exposition about like what immortality is what's a quickening and I was like who is this for like did they really think non-Highlander fans were gonna spend like 15 bucks a cd or whatever this was at the time to like yeah. listen to this listen to this like i have just, to think this is only for actual highlander and fans. if you have not seen highlander this is not gonna get you there no it's like not. it's there's not, so many other weird things that happen in the story tons, tons. this shit isn't gonna fix it no right. nowhere close so like <laughs> it's an utter waste of time to include this exposition and it just seems so strange because you just got duncan mcleod being like oh let me recount how this shit works right in the middle of nothing where my throat's almost getting cut by gatlin gun and gatlin comes in and Gatlin is played by a different voice actor, right. the other Trevor, as we assume. The other he's Trevor. Like, he's like, I will savor your death like a fine wine. <laughs> he's supposed to be Russian? I did I, not realize I, that. He sounds so Scottish, long. right? I, yes. I could not figure out what this accent is. Gatlin's not a Russian name, is it? I don't know what that name is. Maybe? It's a, oh, isn't that the villain from Zelda? Yeah, uh, Gatlindorf. Gatlindorf. <laughs> uh, this is... Well, oh, at, at first, uh, also, I couldn't tell if this was a different actor from Mac or not. I had to oh, listen a couple is, times. I was like, wait, yeah. who's this doing is, the vo-? I was confused. Oh, see, yeah. this is not where I was confused. I, I was like, oh, this is very clearly a separate person. Oh, okay. But then when the next character Mac plays is a woman, I was extremely confused. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, there's like a different voice actor for every character no not so so. mac delivers every line except for the actual dialogue delivered by gatlin Gatlin. right but like he gives all of the scene dressing he does the narration his own inner monologue all that stuff Right. So in the scene, all we're given just like this teaser, essentially, of like Mac being defeated by Gatlin. Gatlin goes into like the quickening, escaping from your neck, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, peril. And then our next track, we cut back to the, the present. Right. And so Mac and- is departing his barge. And there is a knife, I guess, stuck in the side of the boat with, like, a note on it. Time for your lesson, Highlander. Hey, Titchler. The lesson. The lesson. Did we actually even say that? I'm sorry. This no, episode did. is we called did. The Lesson. We did. We did. I just assumed it was about maths, but now I know that it's about whatever uh, Gatlin is going to teach us. Also, we should note that through these, like, sword fights and things like that, who, they had some, like, Foley artist have a right. goddamn field day with this. Because there's, <laughs> there's, there's just a lot of noise. There's just a constant <laughs> background noise. There's there's just like swords clanging and all this stuff. But the thing that's distracting about it is Mac is describing what is happening. But then there are also right. sound effects to convey it. So it's it like, should be like one or the other. Like, like they should let the dialogue speak for itself and just add the sound effects. Right. Or, or cut the sound effects and let him describe. Say, our swords clang. It's like, okay, <laughs> fine. Ping, ping. 
this, okay, okay, okay. Not to jump in. Yeah, the, the, we'll we'll play a clip of one of the sword fights. The swords hit each other so fast; it doesn't make any. It's like it's like how fast? How it's like they're fencers, like in an Olympic bout or something. Like the swords hit each other so much. Sometimes I don't mind the the audio foley stuff, but like other times my notes are like, why is it so noisy? It's just noisy. It's well, just it, cacophonous. Yeah, yeah, it is. They got Dave Foley to do all the. Uh, oh, really? He's so funny. Choice. He's yeah. so funny. He's very funny. He's the funniest Foley artist. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Fat Dave Foley or regular Dave Foley? That's right, Fat Dave Foley from Family Tree. Right? He hated tea. Yep. Tea? I, I hate, hate tea. tea. That is not from Family Tree. That is from Road. Oh, not Road Not Taken. Taken. You're right. Oh shoot! You're right. So many Seacouver street thugs. But Gatlin apparently spares Mac. In the past, we should say, because he's like, you need to play the game a little longer. Right. I don't know what voice that was, but I'm going to keep doing it. So Max sees this fucking note, and then we flash back to, I guess, the second time Mac met him, which was in 1878. It was an accident. They ran into each other at a Spanish bar with a subtle Spanish Spanish guitar playing in the back. And then, oh my god, did anyone, like, Mac describes the coat Gatlin is wearing, and I was like, is this fucking Dickens? Like, he mentions every fiber in this coat. Well, he's getting paid by the... (laughs) Yeah, right? Mr. Trevor Baxendale's getting paid by the word, apparently. Uh, uh, Breaking those vittles. What kind of vittles? (laughs) Let me tell you more about those vittles. No other, like, clothing is described in this this coat. I was like, is this Chekhov's coat? Is this going to come back? No. So Gatlin says there's conflict in France, and immortals are drawn to the conflict like moths, like a candle. Uh, He said this will be – he's like, maybe this will be like a gathering. And so this is the maybe the first of a couple stories that seem to recontextualize what the gathering is. And I feel like we've talked about this on the show. I think, Kyle, you posited, like, they're like local events before. Yeah, like, is it almost like a little bracket? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. If it's oh, like the Paris gathering is on, a bunch of people are showing up and yeah. we're going to do it. Uh, and I don't know if it's that this is supposed to be like a cosmic event that like immortals are intentionally drawn to this place for a specific small gathering. Or is this like a term they use when the fates align and a bunch of immortals end up in the same place together and all seem to be fighting and we're like, oh, this is kind of like a gathering of people. I'm not that sure. That seems to be how he's using it because he seems to say like there's conflict in Paris and that's why there's going to be immortals there. Right. You know, an interesting little quirk, I suppose. They want to fight and he's like we'll do it quietly and alone like lovers that's right and i think we should this should be the first clip we play because when they start fighting uh fighting or fucking i'm not sure the amount of groaning and just here we go guys let's let's buckle up i knew he'd follow me we fought in the dark alleyway behind the inn two men locked together (laughs) fumbling in the shadows grunting heaving sweating He jumped me before I was ready. I thought it was going to be blades, the way it should be, but Gadlin had his arm around my neck before I knew it. He clamped his forearm across my throat, turning his fist so the bone moved inward, crushing my windpipe. Okay, 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 okay. Wow, I I didn't put together how sexual that was the yeah, first time I was right? It is one so sexual. I love when he even describes a wound that he gives Mac as a love bite. Yep. Also, I will just say this about... All of these, 100% of these audiobooks are fucking gross. They are really graphic. They describe violence and, like, brutality just, it's like, in excruciating detail. It's really rough, yeah. Like, he was just talking about how Mac 
like gets his windpipe crushed. Crushed. And it's like violent. And there's sounds. It's like walnuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, like being crushed. It's violent on a scale that like the show sometimes lets you imagine but like doesn't describe. Sure. And all I kept thinking when listening to this was what Donna Leto described as when David Abramowitz would reject certain script ideas. Oh, it's of like being like going to a dark place. This is like going to a dark place and I, I don't want to live there. And it's like nobody was doing that here because it's just dark, 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 dark. Uh, so anyway, Mac gets his like, teeth kicked in, but then again, Gatlin spares him. And so then Mac is approached by this woman. Her name is Maria. Yeah, we have to listen to her <laughs> voice. Uh, we uh, sure do. Yeah. She's a, ba- a Basque, which Basque. is a Basque. They share ancestries with the ancient Vescones in Aquitanians? Basques are like an ethnicity within Spain right. that is actually always, like, you know, every so often there's like an independence movement for yeah. them. And every once in a while Spain has like problems with terrorism and things like that. And it's, you know, sometimes it is Basque people being like, hey, we don't want to be part of Spain. We so out. a diverse ethnically peninsula. I, never, I, I had to look this up. I, I had no idea what this was. Hmm? So I learned something. There we go. Learning. An educational experience. (laughs) Yes. All right, so let's listen to Maria's uh, dialogue here. This is a very bad man, she told me breathlessly. Very bad. She spoke English, but with an accent. It turned out that she was a Basque. I I need to get after him, I said, pushing her away. She wouldn't let go. No, you must not follow him, she insisted. (laughs) Okay, okay, so, we got to talk about a couple of things. Because is, she Mac- Babu- is she Babu from Seinfeld? <laughs> no, she, he's like, she-, she spoke with an accent. I'm like, what accent? <laughs> like, oh. what is this accent? It's actually a Trandoshan accent because she's Bosque. <laughs> so she's the, the bounty hunter from Star Wars. Also, Mac is, like, injured in this scene. So, like, his voice for what would be seemingly all the women he voices in this series he doesn't put on like a high voice but he like whispers their dialogue like that's the way he tries to convey it but he's like also like whispering as mac he's like oh i'm hurt (laughs) but then he's like and then but then she's like we should leave and it's like who's talking (laughs) also spoily mac fucks himself Yeah. <laughs> he and the Basque woman. Yes. Go to pound says, town. She had a body, as I would later find out, that was wonderfully supple. What, that <laughs> what? Di- that line Gross. kills me. I'm like, why is that? He's I like, died. oh, by the way, later I fucked her. Like, that's yeah. all this is. Yeah, it's bizarre. And why does she kiss him on their first meeting? Also, they After just his said. Kick was te- yes, <laughs> teeth. <laughs> teeth were kicked in. After his kick were teeth thin, is what I was about oh, to say. Does she? We're about to meet. An old man that she's aligned with? Does she have a thing for like toothless oh, men? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She likes the gums. Gum, uh. gum me. <laughs> oh no. Also, Mac actually, so next scene, Mac follows her to the small villa and he says he thinks she has strong teeth. So there's like a teeth thing going on. <laughs> what is happening? You tell me, Trevor. So they meet this, they go to meet this old man who's an immortal. <sighs> and Duncan describes him like really meanly. It's really mean. Like, this Real old sick. leather sack. He's like a <laughs> liver spotted head, a wrinkled mess, and then he calls him a little monster. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> the writing in this. Like, he stops just one step short of calling him a wrinkled ball sack. And it's like, 
<laughs> and what is this character's name and or title? The Grandfather of Swords. Ugh. Why is he called that? Why is he in this? <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. Can we, Why can we this... listen to his voice? Uh, Why does this sure. character exist? Why does he exist? Is this supposed to be a nod to the Queen of Swords? Maybe. Maybe? But why does a queen have a grandfather? Why isn't he the king of swords? The grand duke of Grandmother swords. of swords? Whatever. Ugh. Yeah, let's listen to this guy. So This crusty old spider. Beside the old monster and took one of his skeletal hands in hers. I noticed his fingernails were so long that they had curved into brittle yellow corkscrews. Old one, she said quietly. He stirred, ancient lips parting with an audible hiss. Mario? The figure rasped. Is it him? Yes, old one, Maria told him softly. The man from the highlands, just as you predicted. His name is Duncan MacLeod. Of the clan MacLeod. <laughs> okay, okay. Maria. His fingers were gross as fuck and they looked like twisted tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. So so weird. Also, why is this guy predicting the arrival of Highlander? I have no idea. So this is this weird. This guy's like a soothsayer or something. Oh, a toothsayer. Ooh, with a toothsayer. Same so as he was suits, Keith. Grandfather of Swords was 103 years old on his first death. Right. Which is well, this crazy. is like an interesting. Like they've never the show never dealt with the like they did the Kenny storyline, but they never did the opposite. Like, well, what would happen if you died old? This apparently, this you turn into a crusty old spider. You reach out a <laughs> skeletal hand. The old monster. <laughs> old monster. monster. She grabbed his little hand and said, "Oh my god, Maria." <laughs> It's a will, will, there, will there be another character named Maria in another episode? That's completely different. Next story or yeah. whatever. Jesus. What's the point of him meeting this person? I don't know. None. So it no says the, the deal is that he's been like sitting out the game. Like I can't right. fight, so I like hide. And, and that's he somehow it? has like a network of people who like report back to him, I guess, is the right. implication. Are they relevant? No. And we get no info about Peter. Like that would be something. It's like, oh, maybe this guy's had run ins with Peter. Well, he, all he says is like, this Gatlin's dangerous. Yeah, right, we no know shit. that. We've seen yeah. him like Mac twice just already. Got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, by him, that's so. it. We <laughs> know. Yeah, Maria seems to know exactly who he is. That's well, we'll get to what useful. Maria may or may not be later. Okay, so next track, we're on track seven, guys. So Max, like, I never saw the Grandfather of Swords again. Great, Great. glad we uh, had that and so character. Now and then Adrian actually says, "Well, back to the present." <laughs> Zoop, <laughs> and we get to the present in present day. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> also, so Max says Peter clearly wants to meet again and so matt goes to like the steps of notre dame and finds joe dawson at the cathedral and so once again we need to play a clip because oh we have got to listen to british joe dawson british joe dawson <laughs> as voiced by adrian paul that's right i jogged up the steps leading from the sun still turning the matter over my mind down through the decades pieta gatlin ran like a scar through my life sometimes forgotten sometimes painful but always there deep inside hurting like hell. Peter Gatlin wanted to see me again. My ten years were up. I took the metro to Notre Dame. The square in front of it was cut in half by a grey shadow as the rain clouds thinned behind the twin spires. Sightseers disappeared into the veil and I followed them until I found the man I wanted, leaning against the cold stone wall by the cathedral entrance. His name was Joe Dawson. My friend. Well, sort of. Long time no see, he said. 
the grin. I must admit, I had a smile when I got your message. Duncan McLeod wanting to meet on Bastille Day. No doubt with you around, there'll be even more fireworks than usual here tonight. I love myself a lot. Okay, okay, guys. Fireworks? (laughs) (laughs) He says fireworks. Yes. That sounds like a chain that you go to. Say it again if you'd like. Yes, please. (laughs) please. No doubt with you around, there'll be even more fireworks than usual here tonight. (laughs) Right? No, no producer in the booth was like, nope, back it up. That, just say it one more time. Yeah, it'll, it one take, more time. it'll take two seconds, <laughs> yeah. and then you won't say fireworks. God damn it, guys. What is this, Robin Hood? Fryerworks? <laughs> oh, God damn it. What is that voice? He definitely, he starts with that voice. That voice changes in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> What, Jim Burns not available? Guess not. Who's got the, who can afford it? Uh, also, pay? doesn't matter because this character doesn't need to be in, even in this fucking story. Nope. How much do you think they paid AP to do this? <laughs> Too much. A lot. I bet he got paid a lot of money. Well, yeah. And that's why they can only afford one other voice actor. <laughs> so Mac is like, oh, we're friends, kind of. And so yeah, Mac. fuck is, you, Mac. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. your friend. He's a mean person in a lot of these. these in, well, in, in one of these later of ones, he really is mean, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to the that. The worst. <laughs> uh, so Joe, I guess, takes this note and, you know, takes a look at it. And they go for a walk in the church. So then we got into the church. Take me to church. There we go. Who's here? Who's EA? Wait, so, who is here? Uh, we are. Here we are. Who's Born to be here? kings. Princes oh. <laughs> of the universe. Oh, very good. Uh, so Joe gives some exposition about being on holy ground and blah, blah, blah. Great. Needed that. Well, exactly, because this is like for new Highlander fans, whatever. So Joe's basically looking at this knife. And then Mac has a flashback to him in bed with Nadia. Yes. So ugh, this freaks get- me out. He has pillow talk. With himself. With himself. Yeah. Do we want to hear it? Sure. Fine. <laughs> Who fucking cares? <laughs> there was a new moon, and that lent everything in the room a silver skin, except for the girl. She was nothing more than a shadow, with only the faintest glimmer of her eyes and teeth visible. You are strong, Duncan, she whispered. But are you strong enough? I rolled her over in the bed and stared down at her. Now I could see the line of her jaw softly parted lips the night black hair hanging across the rest of her face strong enough for what? (coughs) Gatlin she said you know he wants to kill you he's had two chances already one day he will kill you I doubt it Ugh. All right, all right, all right, enough of this. So gross. Kathleen. So they talk about teeth again. More teeth. More teeth. This is, there's like a teeth thing in this, right? I didn't pick up on that earlier. Teeth fetish. Wow, weird. What do you guys think of teeth? Generally, I know. Sexually. Sexually. No, sexually, not Oh, I love them. Yeah, all right. I mean, I just think they're a prerequisite for me. But oh, I, don't yeah. give, I don't put much stock in them past that. Okay, okay. I like take a tooth and I jam it in my uh, urethra. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Is that funny? <laughs> to me, it I'm is. <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> wow, that was a little aggro. Yeah. Oh, is that funny? <laughs> Sorry, I meant that's funny. Somehow, uh, Joe knows who Maria Gonzalez is. Hold on, I have another thing I want to mention in this pillow talk scene. Uh, right before we cut, uh, so she's like, "The old man is telling the truth that Gatlin will kill Mac one day. Like that he's made a prophecy." What is that like, or that he like I was like no shit like what, what do you beat him twice like this whole prediction. thing is yeah like he's out to kill Mac duh like I don't know some prophecy dude spoily Mac does not get killed by this guy 
Max says this knife be- belonged to Maria Gondalas. Uh, you sure it wasn't Gonzalez? I don't know. My notes say Gondalas. <laughs> <laughs> there's a very good chance there's a lot of typos in my notes. <laughs> Is Gondalas not a, uh, a typical name? Not what I've heard. But oh, okay. It's actually Gondola. <laughs> Maria Gondola. She was a boat maker. She made the first gondola. All right. So we're going to be flashing back constantly. Like, we basically flash back every 10 years. Like, we see all of these encounters. So buckle up. So we flash back again to 1888. So this was 10 years after, I guess, the last meeting. And so Max on a steamer, mm-hmm. whatever that. And he's like, looking for it's some mining scam that he's part of? I couldn't. I was like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> this was so unnecessary and confusing. Like, the mining subplot. subplot. Uh, like, he's on a boat. Who the fuck cares? I'd like to listen to this word and see if we know what this <laughs> means. So, here we go, guys. Ray Gonzalez again ten years later. Gonzalez. It was the summer of 1888. I got out of San Francisco and was sitting on the deck of a tramp steamer chugging its way down the Zambezi River. I was, to all intents and purposes, taking a consignment of breech-loading rifles and ammunition to the chief of the Matabeli people. I found out later that it was all a scam, that Cecil Rhodes' concession was little more than a payoff for mining rights. That's another story. I was really here to see Pieter Gatlin. The Zambezi air was full of the sounds of the jungle on either side of us, and heavy with the heat. I was wearing a hat to keep the sun off me, and the band was wet with perspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Perspiration? Perspiration. Perspiration. Wow. Is that like uh, when you get like you have like a Pez dispenser and you like crack them? Pezpiration. <laughs> like this is a recording that people had to pay good money to get. Yes. Yeah. And he's mispronouncing basic words. Pezpiration. <laughs> and honestly, just I mean, do it again. It's like I don't wanna I don't wanna blame Adrian for this because like hell. Uh, I pronounce mispronounce things uh, on a regular basis on this show and just stumble over my, like, it's fine to make a mistake. Like, I blame these big Finnish people for being like, do it again, like, or not catching any of this. Yeah. Just like, nope, that's fine. That's fine. Just do another take. It's no big deal. We'll make it better. Right. What? I don't get it. Yeah. yeah, these take all day. Friarworks. Yeah. <laughs> Friarworks. People, yeah. And people had to pay money for this. And by the way, we have not actually given the price of what this might cost today. Maybe we'll hold off till the final episode. Oh. Let's do that and get the official price. But just remember how much people might pay for this today. And the fact that there's like fucking slip ups in it is shameful. 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 He shamed me. All right, we need to talk about this dialogue. So Maxie's Maria. Wait, can I guess boat? what you're going to ask to say about? Yeah, sure. What? Is it sometimes age was just as kind to women as it was to men? Yeah, it was. Did that did that line stick out to you too? Is yes. like really fucked up? It did. I, 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 <laughs> uh, I don't even know what it means, but I know it's fucked up. Like, I know that it was problematic. Women that are older, ugly hags. That's right. Except for Maria. Maria. <laughs> what? No, this is like, this lanes into that like stereotype that like, oh, age on men looks good. Like you look distinguished in your gray hair. And mm. whereas like women look old and like, you know, I don't know. Like a shriveled up hag. Like a shriveled <laughs> like up a, hag. Like a real grandfather of swords type. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, this is gross. Fuck the person who wrote this. We yep. know who it was. Trevor. Trevor Baxendale. Gorky, Gorky Trevor Baxendale. Baxendale. Baxendale Stockman. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was a I real, like that. real Ninja Turtles stretch on that one. 
where's the new Ninja Turtles movie? Heroes in a Half Shell. Bax Turtle and Power. Baxendale. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been a third one. What, Michael Bay? I never saw that second one. Is that, was that I any good? I don't think I did either. That one had some... I wanted to see that. I watched the preview, and it looked like it had some deep cuts from, like, the toys I bought. Oh, cool. Like, I think they made in the movie the turtle van that, like, shoots pizzas. That's awesome. Nice. And I know yeah. Baxter Stockman's in... The second one. Oh, really? And I don't know if he appears as uh, the fly, but I was like, oh, this is great that like they put him in his character. Maybe the third movie. We'll they have should a... put that crocodile. It was, what's his name? Baxter uh, Stockman was Leatherhead. played by Tyler Perry, I believe. What? What? Medea? Medea herself. Wait, wait a minute. One second. Have you ever, have any of you ever seen any of the Medea movies? <laughs> I saw one years and years ago. I saw one on of the, Netflix. I was the like, stage. I gotta watch it. I saw one of the stage <gasps> oh, plays because they're all plays first. Right. And then they get turned into movies. I would just recommend you watch one of these. I saw one of those play things, too. They were on Netflix for a while as well. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? They're something. Cool. I'm still not talking about this story. (laughs) Any excuse we can get. Um, So Maria's, like, following Duncan to, like, protect him or something. All right, so let's jump, let's jump a bit at... Well, we'll get to it. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, but Matt gets a telegram from Nairobi with Gatlin's name, and Maria's like, he's waiting for you at the next post. And it's like, oh, you're really well-informed. This must be a full-time goddamn job for Gatlin to look up Mac every 10 years. I don't get he it. He must spend three years trying to Gatlin's find him every time. scheme is dumb as fuck. Yeah, which <laughs> we reveal, we'll reveal his scheme in due time. But Absolutely. rest assured, it's dumb. All right, so Gatlin's waiting there for Mac at this next stop, bare-chested for some reason. And so he says Mac was compelled to come. Gatlin's, like, pretty nonchalant. Darkness 74. There we go. Compelled to come. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but they exchange, apparently, like, 30 blows before Gatlin flicks Mac's katana out of his hand. And Gatlin says, I'm the best there is, and one day you will be too. And that's when I'll take your head. He's the Wolverine of immortals. <laughs> Bub. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so back to the present, uh, Joe asks Mac, like, where the knife came from. Oh, did we did we skip that Maria it, it said she was she was grandfather of swords like watcher like caretaker or watcher like she goes on these reconnaissance missions for, for him the grandfather of swords right because he wants to know what's up like right yeah. well I guess let's yeah. let's just talk about this I I thought later Joe mentions like she could have been a watcher like for right. real yeah. like that's yeah. why she's so well informed well, he though. says like she's not a professional but like. She sort of is like a watcher. Oh, so she's not actually a watcher? Yeah, I originally thought they meant she was a watcher, but I don't think so. Why not just make her a watcher? That's a fun twist because, like, Mac didn't know about the watchers, and he had this run-in over and over with this person. Like, wow, weird that this person keeps coming into my life. Oh, spoiler, she's a watcher. That makes sense. Yeah, That's fun. But just to be like, no, she's just... like another watcher for a different thing but also for just weirder reasons could, like could, why is she doing this then they could just cut out the grandfather of swords character who, who's pointless <laughs> who's pointless and does nothing and is gross <laughs> well he just gets like fridged at the end it's just to make mac mad but does it make mac mad why would it make him mad he does get mad yeah but like it's not like he needed more reason to want to fight gatlin no right. uh maybe the let's see max uh, four well how how many if this has been going on every 10 years how many mac is uh 400 years old and mac i don't know this no, this has happened over 20 times right yeah this guy's tried to kill mac 20 times that's all the motivation you really need right do you yeah. need to really stack it more against gatlin no he seems awful he's like almost murdered you like 15 times yeah he's but, but now that this wrinkled old frito is killed <laughs> like yeah, he's like, I got like no, now you've gone too far. <laughs> too much. Mac meets Gatlin again. 
in a ballroom after a party. And that gets, like, hit around on his face. He gets humiliated. I kind of like that he, like, cuts him on his cheek and accuses Mac of, like, crying red tears. I thought that was a good visual. Yeah. But uh, Mm. so Joe's like, this happens every 10 years. How do you not know? (laughs) Yeah, you're his watcher. (laughs) Where are the watchers? A significant event that's been happening to Mac Every 10 years. Every 10 years, like clockwork. no record of it. Yeah, and it's like... Stupid dipshit. Is nobody watching Gatlin? Does he not have Uh, a No, I know who's not watching the TV show, this fucking writer (laughs) who has no clue what they're doing. It's baffling. (sighs) Because, like, all right, I get that you missed it a couple times, but 15 times? All 15? That's a lot of times. So, Matt gets, like, cornered in this ballroom, like, in the after party or whatever, (laughs) by Gatlin, and he's, like, seemingly... You know, down for the count. And Maria comes to his aid and stabs Gatlin in the back with that knife, with the wooden handle or whatever. And Mac, like an idiot, yep. decides not to try to kill Gatlin. Why? He's like, I'm going to let you go. I guess it kind of fits with Mac's character, but holy smokes, this is a bad choice. This is maybe the third. Is this the third time they've met each other at this point? Maybe. Maybe the fourth. Well, I don't know. Maybe Mac doesn't think in this moment Gatlin was going to kill him at all. I don't understand. Why not kill Gatlin? This is crazy. This, uh, this doesn't, this make, doesn't make sense. <laughs> he was trying to teach Gatlin a lesson, a reverse lesson. Does and also so dangerous for Maria because you know this guy is dangerous. Like, right? Well, I guess. Well, in the next track, they maybe do call out why Mac doesn't do it because I guess Gatlin taunts. And challenges Mac's honor. Like, is this really how you want to win the fight? Like, I was stabbed in the back, and then you're going to take my head. I think that's why Mac doesn't do it. Yeah, like, I think you're right. Mac thinks he needs to win this fair and square. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of get that, I guess. Yeah. But like, sorry, Maria. You are fucked. Yep. So we now cut back to his room, and Mac goes in, and Maria is lying on the bed with, like, a knife in her chest or stomach or whatever. The bed is covered in, in blood. blood. It's, like, super graphic. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, of course this happened, Mac, because he knows she did it, and you let him go, so... Yeah. And also, you didn't, like, take any measures to protect her. No. None. none. He doesn't give a shit. Like, also, <laughs> Mac mentions in his dialogue, he's like, she. he uses the phrase, she was covered in gore, he says. Yeah. Literally, the next line he says is, she looked peaceful enough for now. And it's like, <laughs> she's <laughs> covered, in, covered in gore. Yeah, peaceful. And covered Boy. in gore. <laughs> and then he's, at one point he claims, like, that he barely knows her. And it's like, what? <laughs> You're rolling in the sunlight. You've known each other for like 30 years at this point. we That's something that was very frustrating in this story. I felt like from line to line, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like the motivations of characters like like this. It's like, oh, I barely knew her. It's like, wait a minute, what? Like, I, I just don't get she it. She was motivated enough to save your life. Uh, it's it, this. The writing in this is so inconsistent with not only some of the stuff in the show, it would seem like character decisions, like but just within itself, but within itself, like. This story, by the way, is like 40 minutes long. It's not long. And they managed to fuck it up every step of the way. Every couple minutes. <laughs> we flash back to, I, I guess she was buried in a church outside Havana. Yes. Mac uses the phrase Cuba. Mac Cuba. says it in the <laughs> Cuban accent. Yeah. Cuba, which was good. <laughs> Any of you know what he was talking about with the American election? I It kind of flew past me. There was some mention of, like, everyone was celebrating because of an American election. What year is this supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. I I made a note to look it up and didn't because I didn't have the date. I kept but... trying to listen to it, and it kept flying by, and I was like, I can't tell what Mumble Mouth is saying, so we'll just... <laughs> 
moving through. Yeah. But yeah, I guess Mac is like standing among these greys, uh, and he's like, oh, immortals will never know the undiscovered country. Uh, all of them end in a violent death. Uh, he says, death only serves the enemy through the quickening. And then we get a whole other explanation of what the quickening is here. And he references the movie Highlander. Yeah. He like recontextualizes the montage of like running with the deer and all that stuff. Which I feel like all of Highlander ignores. Yes. And that's one of the best scenes of that movie. It is. Yeah. That's kind of this... cool that they bring this back, but it's not really to any avail. I mean, Mac ties it in a little later talking to Gatlin. Like, you don't understand the true meaning of the quickening. Right. Which I kind of like. Yeah. But it's like the true meaning of Christmas, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's basically what he's doing. Yeah, that's true. It's a Christmas tree, not a, not a holiday tree. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Mac then approaches Gatlin on this the bank of the water, and Mac says he fought with like the fury of Maria's memory or something. So let, why don't we play a bit of this just so everyone can hear the sword sound effects yes. and how quick like people are moving at like nine hundred miles an hour here. They're uh, moving at dare I say Highlander the source speed. <laughs> we moved away from the cathedral and fought again. I suppose he wasn't really prepared, and so it was a long fight. There was snow on the cobbles beneath our feet, and we both lost our swords. We continued hand-to-hand until we tumbled down the embankment onto the frozen river. For several seconds, we... Okay. Also, we did not talk about punching. Oh, we didn't talk about the music either. This music is like very Matrixy, right? Yeah, this sucks. He's there to participate in the Bolshevik Revolution, right? So I guess it's Piotr Gatlin and not Peter. Right? What? Like Pietro Gatlin or something? Pietro. Like, they say it with a little little, little English on it. But gla- <laughs> a little English on it. Uh, so they fight. They end up falling into the water, like, over this frozen lake or whatever. And so Mac gets pulled up later by some soldiers or something. And yeah. he ends up being some separated. Cossacks. Yes. Oh, Cossacks. And so Mac and... Peter are now on opposite sides of, like, this riverbank or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So they can't fight anymore. So that's how it breaks up this time. So in the next track, Max says he's had, like, enough of fighting. He's like, the Great War did it to him. He was tired. He wanted to put some distance between him and his kind. Uh, but every 10 years, he would face Gatlin again. I wasn't sure what this was a reference to. Like, I don't remember a portion in the the series where after World War One he pieced out of the game and i think they abandoned this but i think it's implied that as of the start of the series max can kind of out of the game for a long that time, is true which is why tess has no idea really right. doesn't know and they, they allude to that at other points i think in this that like oh like my time with tess like i was not participating in anything right yeah, yeah. so i guess that's what it is but i guess i don't know but yeah, I guess this this, this makes us want to believe that like that's happened since like 1920. Yeah, which well, I mean, I think at some point they just filled in that period with right. too many flashbacks to make that remotely true. But they have this weird aside where it's like Gatlin predicted Nazi Germany, right? Like Gatlin warned Mac about Hitler, and it's like what? I was like, huh? <laughs> like I don't, I just don't get it. Like, why is that detail in there? I didn't know what to make of it. Because yeah, at that no point, clue. I was like, oh, is Gatlin really a bad guy? Like, I was waiting for there to be some twist in this where a Gatlin lesson. is... Well, yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> uh, is Gatlin really a bad guy? Is he? Because it seems like, oh, being against Hitler seems like a good guy thing to do. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's the barest minimum of being a good guy. You're right. Yeah, being, being against, against Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. 
You know, hot take. I'm anti-Hitler, guys. Wow. Very fine people. Do you want to look at the camera and say that? I'm, I'm very against Hitler, guys. Anti-Hitler. <laughs> how about you, Eamon? I'm against Hitler. On a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how anti-Hitler are you? 11. 11, 11. all the way. I'll only, go... only an 11. Wow. All only right. an 11. Yeah. Only an 11. I'm a 15. <laughs> I'm 15 against Hitler. Hey, fuck you. Okay. Well, track 23, we're in World War II now. Uh, and I guess Gatlin's upset about Stalin having talks with Hitler. And then Adrian stumbles over the line, let me live another day. He's stumbling. He's like, let me live another day. It's like, what the shit? He once again says, Gatlin came every 10 years. It's like, we know. We get it. We know the story. Did I mention he came every 10 years? Did I mention that? Also, okay, so Mac now recounts the story during World War II where they fight in Paris, right? He says Gatlin was bleeding profusely from a flesh wound I don't even remember giving him. And then he, like, then the next line is like, I was really proud of this fight. I was like, why? You don't even remember, remember. what you did. Yeah. Like, you were like, I guess I hit him at some point. I'm really proud of that. Like, you weren't even conscious of it. It was like an accident. Well, good job, Mac. Taking credit for everything. Garbage. <laughs> My note just heard says, of... the writing in this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of Jacob Kell and the Kurgan? Yeah, they then have this whole aside about this. I don't know why. And Jacob Kell, he's the, the, the villain of Endgame, correct? That is correct. Endgame. Endgame. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gatlin wants Duncan to be victorious over these evil immortals for some reason for some reason yeah it's like he's trying to like oh i I don't know it's like he's stacking the field i guess against like people he thinks might be hard it's like maybe mac could take him out and then i i know i can take out mac i think that's his game like if i know i can beat mac every time i'll let him loosen the world to kill other bad immortals because at the end of the day like not a bad guy right and then at the end of the day it may because then i know i still can beat him yeah so it's like a he's like a pawn in the game for Gatlin or something. Yeah, which like, is I, I don't know. It's like it's right. weird. It's odd, but it's, it's just like, a weird way to play the game. Yes. And does he do this with but other? That people? is also not what this is. That, right. They imply that that's what it is. Yeah, that's Gatlin what I, later reveals what it is. It's not that. Also, Max says they too, fought for two hours on the Eiffel yeah. Tower, and I was like, "You fought Callus for like five minutes." Yeah. Your also, arch enemy. <laughs> they they just describe another Eiffel Tower quickening. That, like, Mac has done already. Like, we've seen this. Right. One of the most popular, beloved <laughs> Highlander episodes. That this writer has definitely not seen. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we got this already. Yeah. Well, I thought, the thing that I thought was interesting was that they made it seem like it might have been, like, an attack, like a bombing. Oh, right. Yeah. Because they were like, it was like a bomb, exp- like, there was an explosion, but it was really me. Aren't, and he's like, aren't I cool? <laughs> like, he was like, did you see how big that shit was? Cool. All me, bro. All me. All right, so we cut back to the present now, and Mac is wondering, like, oh, what it would be like to fight Gatlin today? Like, I wonder how I'd fare. So they won't have to wait long. Yeah. And Gatlin has a sack. A sack? He does have a sack. It's like a blood 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 sack. A blood blood sack. (laughs) So he kicks this fucking bag over to Mac, and Mac opens it up. What's in there? Sword Grandpa's head. Sword, Sword Grandpa's, Grandpa's head. Grandpa's <laughs> Grandpa. Uh, why? Why did he do this? And why is he deliver him the head? What's I have the a question, point? guys. Why he did he this. Cares? Why? Where is this scene taking place? Modern day Paris. Yeah, right. Where does the grandfather's swords live? <laughs> Not Paris. Not Paris. Did uh, Gatlin put a bag with a head in it on a plane? Like, well, how <laughs> the maybe fuck the, did maybe he the get moved to Paris in the last this eight years? This sucks. This is stupid. Yeah, well, this is true. He brings him a head. Also, he, like, brings it to... Did brings Gat- in the head of a guy he met once. But does Gatlin even know he met that guy? I don't know. Like, he seems to be like, look at this shit. Like, I hurt your friend. Yeah. Like, We're, it's going to impact Mac in some way. Like, 
Oh, cool. An he old guy said, guy. Yeah, right. like, why does he even think this would matter to Mac? I don't know who that is. This <laughs> ugly old spider. Yeah. He met this guy once and was viciously insulting to him. <laughs> I sat next to the little monster. <laughs> oh, I fucked your nurse. Uh... But Mac, this really upsets Mac for some reason. Really? He's like, he wasn't playing the You're game. You're a psychopath. <laughs> you know I guess killing a defenseless old man is bad. I guess. I yeah. guess. No, you're right. That is bad. But it's, like, within this guy's character, and it's not personally connected to him in any way. Also, right. this guy, like, I mean, we kind of find out that, like, this was this old man's... He wanted to win the game this way. Yeah. Like, if I just sit out, it'll be me and one other person left, and maybe I'll figure out a way to come out on top. It's like... Yeah. I don't know. Is I don't that, know if I really... I mean, you're right. He is, like, a defenseless old that's man. That's not, like, a nice old man thing. Yeah, like, it's not like he's trying yeah. to do something good. And he has, like, a network of people actively looking right, out lady for it would be different yeah. if he was just like look i'm too old for this i'd prefer just to spend my time enjoying my days if i yeah. get killed so be it but that's my lot in life but instead yeah like he does want to win the game and yeah. it's like well if, if that's the way you're playing it then gatlin's just playing it like i don't know there's been other characters in this show that play the game like fairly indifferently and we mm. don't think they're necessarily evil it's just like well you killed that's what you're doing i guess so yeah and does anybody want the grandfather of swords winning this thing? Because no. he seems gross. <laughs> gross. Oh, when he has the prize, can he grow back his teeth? Oh. Is that part of the prize? Maybe he'll be able to clip his fingernails. Oh. It's just dentures. <laughs> While they're fighting, there's some sound effects with Gatlin like groaning. It sounds like just bel- belching. It's just like an elongated. I'm like, what the fuck? Did somebody burp during the fight? Mac at one point during the fight refers to him as a jumped up basher <laughs> whatever that means. jumped up basher <laughs> oi, oi. mac somehow breaks this guy's neck right so they end up fighting in a car dealership as one does as one does i don't know if this was supposed to maybe kind of evoke the original movie perhaps mm. with the cars and there's descriptions of like popping and breaking and it's like all very gross. Roundhouse kicking, bro- yeah, broken windows, all this sort of shit. And so Gatlin, Gatlin actually gets Mac down for the count, I guess, right? And yeah. he's yeah. like, oh, you didn't learn anything. You're a savage. He also gives Mac for shit for, he's like, you fight, but you don't want the prize. He's like, so why fight? Uh, mm. Which I thought that that actually was like kind of interesting to me. It's like, yeah. oh, like, shouldn't you really want to get the prize? Like, I don't know. There is something interesting about that. Yeah. Uh, like, what is the cause you're really fighting for? Like, you will kill someone, but like the end goal doesn't seem to matter to you. Right. Uh, so maybe you should want it a little more, guy. I don't no. know. <laughs> it, it's That seemed like an interesting discussion that yeah. could be on the show, at least. Like, yeah. why are we doing this? Like, if you don't want it. Yeah, Maybe then, you should just bail out. Like, if this isn't, like, if like don't apply for a job you don't want. Like, yeah. All so right. this is when we get into, like, a definition of what the quick, like, their philosophies. Like, Gatlin is like, the quickening is power or whatever. And he has, Mac is like, it's like a, it's like a mic drop moment. Like, Mac is like, gong, gong. I finally realized what it was all about. He was fattening me up like a turkey. Yeah, it's like, fuck what? Is this? this is so stupid. This is like Daniel Craig, James Bond, Spectre shit. Like, Inspector, it's like the bad guy is responsible for for all the other bad guys going after Bond (laughs) in the Craig movies. And this is just like, so Gatlin was like responsible for all of the bad guys in the series like coming after mac is not this, just that but that even like even like connor and jacob kell like it was everything right doesn't he say that for some reason yeah i think that's he's like remember awful. connor it's like wait yeah. a minute what but, and how did you like, do that how, how? Yeah. like that doesn't make any sense this is awful and why <laughs> and why why didn't he just kill all those people individually right i mean if he the, clearly can why not he just was kill he was good enough at one point yeah to to think about it 
there's always the chance that you'll just mess up and lose a fight, right? Like you slip and so you lose your head. But that could happen with him and Mac at any time. Like even when Mac wasn't good, he could just trip or sprain his. You know what I mean? Like or get stabbed in the back by Maria, right? And it's like so you there's still always there's always that element of chance in any fight. But he doesn't seem to use that as part of his equation. He's just like I'm better than Mac, so I will beat Mac. But if he's if he thinks Mac can beat all those other people by the transitive property, then he can beat all those other people, barring the uh, wild card, the wild card of chance, like taking him out of the fight. I don't know. That's what's the point of it? what's the point? Just fight those other people, right? It's Dickhead. so stupid. I don't understand this at all. At also, all. like this is a plot thing that like everybody hates. Like when stuff like this happens, like fans always hate it. Like yeah. fans hated Spectre because of this. It was dumb. Yeah, and it kind of ruins the, <laughs> the other, other movies, movies right? Because it's like. What? This does not have the power to ruin anything for me. <laughs> no, no. This is this is too like low. But does Mac learn his lesson from his uh, previous encounter with Gatlin? No, no, because <laughs> he lets he lets him live again. So Mac tries to explain that like, oh, the quickening is not about power; it is about life. And he goes back to like the montage stuff. It's about like you could experience the wonder of the quickening right. without taking a head. By, like, being one with nature and shit. So, I guess Mac, like, cuts Gatlin's hand, his sword hand or whatever, right? Because, like, Mac has gotten too strong now. Like, this plan has backfired. Right, yeah. At some point, Mac is like, no, I'm better than you now. And, like, I'm super confident. And, yeah, it backfires. And Mac is. It backfires. Because Mac Mac is indeed stronger now. Because he got Jacob Kell and Connor and all these different people. Right. And so Mac tackles him, like, through a window. Or, no, Gatlin charges at him. Like, Mac spares him. And then Gatlin's like, no! This is (laughs) the weirdest goddamn death ever. This is so bad. Yeah, they, like, go through a window. And a piece of glass from the window cuts Gatlin's head off. Right. But then, and then, then the next line Mac. is like, yeah. uh, but it didn't fall hard enough to also cut Max's head off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just enough to cut off this one person's head. Yeah. This is like so convoluted and dumb. And of course, like they have to like fall through it and there's like crunching sounds and it's all more grossness. And then, so Mac gets the quickening and there's a bunch of like carjes and all that sort of shit. And then fireworks go off and Mac is like, oh, they're celebrating in Paris. I was like, what do they sell? Like, it's Bastille Day, son. Oh, they mentioned that. Ah, Bastille Day. There's going to be even more fireworks with you in town. Which is interesting because Mac's sword is made of steel. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that is interesting. Hmm, How about that? Interesting. It's interesting. Mac Steel Day. (laughs) And that's this dumb thing. And he ends with the line, I can't count the number of fireworks I've seen. And I was like, neither can I. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly. You're not special, Like, Who gives a shit? I can't count the number of fireworks I've seen in a single fireworks (laughs) display, let alone over the course of my not-immortal lifetime. Cool brag, dipshit. So that's it. And then uh, the the last rows of Gatlin's Immortal Quickening. There we go. One dash one, big finish audio. Before we talk about it, let's play a game. All right. We are going to play a little one off game. As you know, this monstrosity we just listened to (laughs) features Peter Gatling Gun. The villain of the episode. So this game is all going to be dedicated to notable Peters. 
Notable Peters. I got one in my pants right now, guys. I wouldn't call that notable. Uh, (laughs) Oh. Pa-pow, pa-pow, pa-pow. Guys, it's Uh, a little rabbit. Yeah. (laughs) I kept it in my pants. So I will describe a famous Peter. When you know the Peter of which I speak, you should buzz in by saying your name. Who? And then guess who I'm referring to. You only get one guess. The other person can take a stab at it, of course, if you miss... One point each. I believe there are a total of seven. Are you ready, kids? I'm ready. Me too. This Dr. Strangelove actor starred in a beloved franchise in which he is repeatedly attacked by an odd Asian stereotype named Kato. Eamon. Peter Sellers. Correctamundo. Ho. Yes, that is the Pink Panther do-do, franchise. Do-do, do-do. Etc. Etc. <laughs> what a weird cartoon they made of that. Why did they do that? Where it's like the actual panther. panther right. There is a panther it's... instead of a diamond. It's a diamond. Yeah. It's a yeah. movie about a, a diamond. diamond. <laughs> and they they turned it, it into a character. And then isn't like the inspector character the villain? Yeah. Inspector Clouseau is the bad guy. Why? I, so odd. I don't know. This Peter is known for the phrase, it's what I do. I drink and I know things. Uh, Keith. Yes. Peter Dinklage. That is correct. The half-man himself, Tyrion Lannister, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Question the third. So it's one-to-one right now. Keeping it tight. Keeping it tidy. Uh, Three. This Peter is said to watch over the pearly gates. Amen. Yes. St. Peter. Yeah. That's correct. The only (laughs) only thing you had to add to that was the word saint. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, he has a last name in the Bible. (laughs) He probably does. I don't know. No, he doesn't. The role of this Peter has been assumed by Neil Patrick Harris. Andrew Garfield. Keith. Yes. Peter Parker. Correct. Whoa. Neil the, Patrick Harris was Spider-Man? In the MGV Spider-Man animated show. Whoa. Was that 3D animation? <laughs> it's 3D. Uh, it was, yeah, like computer animated. Yeah. 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 Lisa Loeb was Mary Jane. Wow. How about that? It was... Not bad. Was Michael Dorn I think Craven? He, Craven the Hunter. Yeah. Yes. Did it take place in college? Were they in the Dorn room? They were in college. Mm. Collage. Collage. <laughs> we're just going to mispronounce words like Adrian Paul in honor of the, <laughs> the tape. Right. This might be the weirdest and hardest one, so buckle up, guys. <laughs> also about my dick. Yes. <laughs> the weirdest and the hardest. Yeah. Ooh. This is the name of Earthworm Jim's canine companion. Uh, Keith. Yeah, Peter Puppy. That is correct. It is oh, indeed man. Peter Puppy. thought you said this shit was hard. <laughs> Easy shit. So one of my favorite Did videos- you guys read the instruction manual to <laughs> yeah. Sega Genesis Earthworm Jim? <laughs> so I love that video game. I love... I had the Earthworm Jim toys. I had the comics. They were cool toys. Doug Tenapel was one of my favorite creators, and he is a nut. Oh, oh really? Really? He's what like- kind of nut? He's like he's against like Earth Day. He's like really religious. But he's got he's earthworm. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, he's got I mean, Earth in the name. <laughs> let's go. What's going on here? Right. He's just like. What's his problem with Earth Day? I don't know. He <laughs> just says it's like. He's like one of those people that like puts extra emissions dumpers on their car. Wait, what? You can what? do that? That's a thing. You can like treat your car to be like. Like he has. More. He hasn't done this specifically, but it's like <laughs> there. There are ways you can like adjust your car so it shoots more like toxic gas out what? and why would you do that just to be a dick well no, fuck this guy he was like he was like you know if i if my kids can't pray in school then like i'm not celebrating earth day your kids are allowed to pray in school. <laughs> yeah they can pray if they want anyway, anyway i don't want to get that's a fun aside jeez louise 
The art in Earth from Jim is really great. I like really like, great. if yeah. my kids can't pray in school, I'm going to poison the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't... Interesting, huh? Well, I can, my kids can't do what I want them to do. I might as well kill everyone. Yeah, makes sense. Anyway, mm. this Peter guided <laughs> Genesis through its prog rock period. Keith. Yes. Peter Gabriel. Correct, Amundo. I'm like, Peter Gabriel. That shouldn't count because he went, Peter Gabriel. Oh, I'm afraid it's just Peter Gabriel. You can also see him appearing as Britannia, the Moonlit Knight. Final question. Keith, I think you are. I got smoked. Right? I know my Peters. This baseball player, also known by the nickname Charlie Hustle. Heyman. Yes. Pete Rose. Correcto mundo. Ho. Phillies. Phillies. <laughs> yeah. Cheese steaks. Uh, Keith, yes. that was a noble fight, but you have cinched it. Hey. Four to three. Look at that. Not bad. Well done all. Good job, baby. Peters. Keith, that match, you were like a sword, Peter. Hard to beat. Mm. Guys, let's talk about Big Finish, The Lesson, Highlander Audio Series. What do we think? Well, let's talk about the lessons we all learned about listening to this. This is my thought on this. This is cool that this exists because it's like, oh, Highlander the series is over. The source is over. I'm assuming this is after the source. No, it is before the source. It's before the source. Okay, so end You would assume wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so end game, people are probably like, that's that's it. Mm. So it's cool that this exists. Yeah. Like, hey, more Highlander. Agent Paul's doing it. More stories with my favorite characters. Aside from that, like, I can't believe they charged fifteen dollars for this or however much i don't i'm not 100 percent sure what people originally paid for this. whatever the price it was too much it was too much it was too high he just like he says words wrong (laughs) (laughs) and guys not to tip my hand too much i think this might be the best one oh interesting i have a different opinion this may indeed be the best one and it is bad (laughs) it is very, oh, I'm so excited to hear it. Don't reveal it now what everyone's favorite and worse are. But This is very not good. <laughs> very not good. Interesting. Well, what are the pro- let's talk problems. What are issues with this story? Adrian Paul does not have a voice for reading audiobooks. He just doesn't. He slurs words. I mean, also, I, I, I would make the argument someone who slurs words doesn't have a voice for television. Sure. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the there he is. In the television thing, I'm sure if they if he said something like this, they just made him reshoot it. Right. And I'm sure that right. happens to everyone all the goddamn time. Just sure. like it happens to us on this show. Yeah, the, like, the right. blooper reel. It's like, as a secret bonus, we've included the blooper reel as part of the audience <laughs> series. Yeah. It's embedded in it. Find the blooper reel. Yeah. It's it's track nine. Yeah, it's all of it. It's the whole thing. And, like, he runs words together, and, like, I, I had to rewind this several times to understand what he was saying for mm. certain parts. Yeah. It's just... I don't get the story. This story doesn't the make story any makes sense no to sense. Me. The plot is dumb. What's the lesson? There is no lesson. There's no lesson. Like, I mean, right. is it the lesson well, is the lesson you're not good enough or something? Lesson, I think the, the, they make the quip at the end, the lesson is someone's always better. Okay. Also, why is the grandfather of swords <laughs> in it? The, the what does that si- mean? One of the single dumbest names I've ever heard. This old fucking scab <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> this sweltering pus bucket. The old monster. <laughs> <laughs> the old monster. He's Herman Monster. Almost nothing in this needs to be there. If they trimmed the fat out of this is only 40 minutes long. If they trimmed the fat out of this, it would be 10 minutes long. <laughs> Like, right. right? Like, why is Joe in this? 
No reason. No Doesn't reason. Joe, Joe and they couldn't no hire value. him. They couldn't like. I think it's weird that they're getting Adrian Paul to do the voices of like other cast members. Like they hired some guy to be Gatlin, but they couldn't get a beloved established character back. Well, I guess Gatlin has an order of magnitude more lines than sure. Joe. Yeah. Does. So Joe says like four things in this, and none of it matters. But it's bizarre. I don't understand the choice. To have one and only one other actor right. in this. Yeah. What's the point? We could just have Adrian Paul do the whole thing. Yeah. Other problem that this has is it can't decide whether it's some kind of weird teleplay or an audiobook. Like, sometimes it's describing things like it's an audiobook. But other times it plays out like when there's dialogue and things, it's trying to play out like a teleplay. And it can't make up its mind about what it is. Right. Also in audiobooks, like people don't necessarily do crazy distinct voices for everyone. Just because it's impractical, and a lot of times it sounds goofy. Yeah. So, like, it's just really weird hearing Adrian, Adrian Paul split this baby. But once you commit to being it, it being, like, an audio play-ish thing, he, like, kind of has to do voices. Like, we make fun of Adrian Paul a lot on this show, but I think he's, like, <laughs> a good actor, and only he could have been Duncan McLeod. And oh, he, 100%. Like, he, like, directs episodes, and he does all the fights, and he has a lot to do, and, like, basically every episode rests on his shoulders. That being said, he does not have, like, the voice range to be doing different voices. Well, sure. Well, is such, like, a physical character. Yeah. Like, it's his physicality and, like... He's got a presence as that character. Yeah, and it, but sight is crucial to it. You know, no one's, like, just wants the disembodied voice of Duncan McCloud. I mean, I'll say I don't... I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I know what Duncan looks like, so I'm okay hearing his voice, being like, I get it. Like, yeah, but like I, I imagine that, the character in my head. But I just mean it's not noteworthy. Adrian Paul's voice isn't what makes it work. Him work as that character. Sure. There's a lot more to it than that. Right. Yeah. But then him doing, like, borderline offensive other voices <laughs> of these characters, <laughs> it's just a little much. Who he's fucking. I mean, it's not like there's, like, a time constraint. Like, episodes of the series are about 40 minutes long, 45 minutes. Like, so it's not like they tried to do a story and, well, like, oh, it's, it can only be 20 minutes. So, like, things are obviously cut out. No, this is the regular length of a story, but it's seemingly missing. All, like, this isn't show caliber writing. Like, this reads, like, fan fiction to me. Yes. Like, poor Easily. fan fiction. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, it's just inconsistent. Like, in the beginning, it's, like, packed with descriptors, Gatlin's jacket. Yeah, right? And nothing else is described like that for the no. rest of the book. Which is also strange, because if you think about one of the benefits of doing it in this format, you don't need extras, you don't need sets. Like, you can describe something very grand if you want. Sure. And there's no budgetary restraints. There's no producer telling you that, I'm sorry, we can't shoot that. We don't right. have the time or budget. You can do whatever you want. Same thing even with characters. It's like you can have 50 extra, like, you know, guest stars in one of these if someone's just reading their lines. Yeah. If, I mean, if Adrian's reading them all, it's like it would be an audiobook. Yeah. So it's just like doesn't make use of the format, really. Yeah. I mean, it's gross. There's just like, <laughs> the, just, the descriptions of violence are so graphic. There's all like the sound effects are like make my skin crawl. Like I crushed his windpipe. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't the one where he... No, it's another one. We'll get into a very graphic killing in a different episode. They're There's graphic up. killings in every <laughs> single one. Every single one. Yeah. Wow. Should we rate it? Keith, how many wrinkled up uh, fingernails are you going <laughs> to give this episode? Corkscrew fingernails. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give this uh, one wrinkled up corkscrewed <laughs> fingernail, I think. Uh, that'll do it for me. This is poor... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a, it's a lousy story. Like, uh, and I will I also, I mean, I will echo your sentiments. Like, it's cool that this exists, and I will agree. Like, any sort of franchise that kind of has an end, like Highlander, sort of did. Like, it had a show, it had a movie that didn't really fare too well. It's like I don't know what the what this property is going to exist as moving forward. Like, could this be the end of Highlander? I'm sure a lot of fans ask that. This is a neat, like, low budget way to keep making. Highlander stories. And it is cool that Adrian's in it. It's like, this is still the same cast. Like we're in that universe. Like the adventure goes on. And, uh, but the story is just bad. Like if this was just an okay, like a good story, I'd be okay. Just hearing Adrian read it without all the crazy effects and other characters. Bells like, and whistles. and Yeah. It's just like write a really good short story. I mean, cause that's what all these TV episodes are. They're solid short stories and just read it. Well, Add a little razzmatazz here and there if you want to, but yeah, this, this story sucks. It's bad. It makes no sense. There's no stakes. There's characters that don't need to exist. Did anyone find like uh, this story and maybe some of the other ones like just hard to follow in general? Yes, because also they're always jumping around between time periods. Right. With no indication of what's about to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was always having to kind of go back and be like, wait, where are we right now? Like, I, I would never know how to orient myself to what they're describing or when this was or I don't know. It was uh, it's confusing as a listener. And and the voice thing doesn't help with that either. No, not even, it actually often makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Kyle, how many Matrix music sound alikes did you give this? All right, so I am going to give this one. I'm really torn because I think the correct answer is to say one. <laughs> the correct. But I'm worried that I won't have anywhere to go on future episodes. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so I'm going to give this. I don't think we've ever done quarter don't, ratings, so don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Don't fuck with this. So give it a quarter. I'm not going to. So I'm going to give this one and a half <laughs> is what I'm going to give it. And that is a gentleman's 1.5. <laughs> Keith, how many lessons have you learned? Uh, probably the same lesson I learned the first time I gave my score. <laughs> one. Oh, wait, you already did that. Eamon, how many <laughs> lessons did you learn on this one? I think, oh, I, in actuality, I learned zero lessons. <laughs> aside from maybe the lesson that this sucks. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this, uh, I don't know, a one. <laughs> You're so resigned when you did that. Yeah. A one. I want to give it more. Then give it more. Do what I you can't. want. Why not? It, uh, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, fair. Fair enough. It really doesn't feel right. Wow. What a ride we've been on this episode, guys. Uh, it's only going to get weirder. I know. It is going to get weirder. So, yeah. I, I don't get nuts. <laughs> Come on. Let's get nuts. <laughs> oh, we should get some nuts. I would love a good D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I would love D's nuts. All right. Let's talk about it. Here's a little Philly trivia for everybody out there. So uh, there's a local sausage company called Deets and Watson here. I, I, do they distribute nationally? I don't I think know. So. Okay. So you may be familiar with your Deets and Watson sausages and hot dogs and lunch meats in your mm, local market. Carcinogens. <laughs> right. Uh, so they recently decided to launch a like line of snack, like quick like protein snacks, like so it's nuts and like sausage, like little pieces. It's just of pe- pieces of sausage. It's just pieces of meat. It's okay, like little, little pieces of pieces of like pepperoni. They again, it's Dietz and Watson, like the German name Dietz, right? Like D I E D E E T Z, right? Whatever. They have branded their this this thing as Dietz Dietz, Dietz, Dietz nuts. nuts, and it's like really and they get Craig Robinson to sell them. Is this and what we're doing in 2019? Being like, I guess we'll just package snacks as balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these are testicles 
or a snack. Like, Dietz nuts? Come on. That's crazy that that's like an it's that's funny like it's not even an ad campaign like i would get it more as an ad campaign being like oh let's let's do this like kind of blue thing and we'll we'll advertise it like this maybe we'll only advertise this on the online market no these are packages in just regular stores the entire line of products is called deets nuts. nuts so that aside wow uh, thanks for joining us this week. Um, I hope you uh, buckle in for the rest of this crazy journey we're going to be on uh, with these, some of these weird stories. And definitely write us in at HighmanToRewatch at gmail.com. Tell us uh, if you have a different opinion about the lesson uh, or these audio books in general. And actually tell us how much you paid for them when you originally got them. That would be good to know. I'd like to know how much these cost. Uh, and were they ever Deets. offered as a <laughs> Deets cost? Uh, were they ever offered as a box set? I'm very curious because, like I said, they release these one a month. To me, that's the strangest way to sell stories like this. I don't know. To have to go purchase them every month seems yeah. weird. Not just like, like a comic book. Yeah, it's like not just all four at once as a special box set. So there we go. Thanks everybody again for joining us. Make sure to sign up for our Patreon. Check out Etsy or our Facebook store for some sweet ass magnets with your favorite Highlander characters. Join us next week for Big Finish Audio Series 1-2 Love and Hate. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye-bye. Sit my head against the mic, guys. <laughs> it's, it's all that old crow at 10 a.m. Yikes! Mm.